Hello and welcome to Kiwi Rider Podcast, New Zealand's premier motorcycling podcast made by Kiwi Riders for Kiwi Riders. Coming up in this week's episode, 10 things you need to do to your motorcycle and gear before you get it out this summer. We're going to be catching up with Andrew Stroud as part of Motorcycle Awareness Month. Thank you very much to ACC and Ryan Forever for sponsoring this episode too, by the way. And my first thoughts on the Harley-Davidson Pan-America. A couple of events to talk about before we dive too far into this podcast. We're celebrating 100 years of Motoguzzi or Motoguzzi and the event is free for all Motoguzzi riders. Now this has been postponed. It was going to happen I think last month or early this month. It's now October 15th to 17th uh, right in the middle of uh, Motorcycle Awareness Month as well. Now the accommodation, if you already had a booking, has been transferred to the new dates. Just touch base with uh, Lake Okatana Lodge. Um, you can email them stay at lakeslodge.co.nz. But it is the Moto Guzzi Tiki Tour. Now we've got two routes, about 300 k's each. One's a gravel route, one's a tarmac route, so it doesn't matter what kind of bike you ride. Uh, it'd be great to have you along. For more information about this event, Tiki Tour at kiwirider.co.nz. It's happening based out of Lake Okatana Lodge, just out of Rotorua. October 15th to 17th. More information at MotoNZ.com. The other event is the GS Rally 2021, November 5th and 6th. It's happening north of Auckland. We've got access this year to Riverhead and Woodhill Forests. You don't have to ride a BMW to come along to this event. We, uh, It's all inclusive. We'd love for you to come along on your, your KTM or your Suzuki or your Yamaha, whatever you ride. Um, but it's, it's going to be awesome. The GS Rally NZ 2021 locked and loaded for November 5th and 6th for more information go to Facebook search GS Rally NZ that's Rally with an E R-A-L-L-Y-E I remember asking a couple of years ago why it had an E on the end and the the closest information I could get to what sounded like truth (laughs) was that uh, it's European so there you go and of course more information as always at moto uh, motonz.com Now it is Motorcycle Awareness Month, there's so much happening across the month, we'll be catching up with uh, some of New Zealand's fastest riders and of course some international gurus talking gear, how we can uh, make sure our bikes are up to scratch uh, and of course make sure that we can ride another day. But we've also compiled, because it is spring, the top 10 things you need to do before you go for your next ride. Because it's spring it means we can get out on our bikes, Uh, we don't have to worry too much about the weather, it is getting nice and it doesn't matter if you're the sort of rider who you know only takes their pride and joy out on the sunniest of days or an all-weather all-year-round rider there are some basic checks that you can do uh, to make sure that you your next ride it goes as well as it can do and at number 10 you can check your tires we're looking for cracks nails screws making sure there's a good amount of tread and obviously no damage to the tire if you see any cord showing through the rubber it's not a good day to go riding go get some new tires And at number nine, while we're talking tyres, tyre pressures. When was the last time you actually checked your tyre pressures? Man, uh, you know, three or four PSI up or down can make all the difference to how your bike uh, feels in a corner or, you know, even down the motorway. Number eight, chain tension. Your motorcycle's maintenance book will have all the information on how your manufacturer recommends to check the chain tension. If you don't have it, Google it. Uh, But a nice, uh, properly tensioned chain 
can make the bike feel amazing. And at number seven, Waffen Reg. Sounds silly, but it's easy to overlook the fact that our bike's rego may have expired three weeks ago, or possibly the WAF needs renewing. And at number six, lights. In New Zealand, it's mandatory to have a headlight or two on while you're riding day or night. This does mean that we have to replace our bulbs more often, and if you only ride during the day, then you may not know that your headlight has blown, so check it. While you're checking it, check your gear, that's number five. If your riding jacket or pants has any rips, tears or holes, then it might be time to look at getting new stuff. Number four, while you're talking about your gear, check your helmet. Helmets have a recommended lifespan. It could be three, four or five years or, you know, whatever your helmets manufacturer uh, recommends. And if yours has any dents, knocks or scrapes or dints, its expected lifespan is probably quite reduced. And at number three, check your oil. Some motorcycles have an eyeglass uh, low down on the side of the engine, others have a dipstick. If you don't know, then ask a mechanic, your dealer, or just Google it. It's kind of important. Make sure you've got the right amount of oil. Uh, and uh, you know, if, you, if you've done seven to 10,000 K since it was last changed, might be a good idea to change it. Number two, brakes. It's a good idea to check your brakes, visually inspect the discs and the pads. If you're up for it, remove the caliper, take out the pads and clean the brake dust out from behind the pads on the caliper as well. Before you go for a ride, make sure you do test those brakes and that they're all working uh, in, in good nick. And number one on our top 10 list of things you need to do before you go for a ride this spring, Booking for a ride forever course. You don't know what you don't know. No one's going to tell you that you're doing everything wrong. It's more about opening those lines of communication, exploring new ideas, sharing information. Best case scenario, you learn something. Worst case scenario, you have a day out riding with some like-minded individuals. Go to rideforever.co.nz. That's our top 10 list of things you need to do to your bike before you go for a ride this spring. Happy Motorcycle Awareness Month. Motorcycle Awareness Month. It is usually September, but October this year postponed due to COVID. Hmm, nasty situation that, but we are celebrating week one of Motorcycle Awareness Month. We are going to be catching up with a bunch of Motorcycle Awareness Month ambassadors throughout the month. Our first one is legendary racer and rider of that fantastic Britain V1000, Andrew Stroud. Hello. Hello, everybody. Good to be here. Welcome, welcome. Um, Andrew, it is the month where, where motorcyclists all over New Zealand get their babies out of the garage because it's starting to warm up and they go out riding with their mates. Um, but we, we, we kind of want to encourage people to be checking their gear and checking their bikes and making sure everything's you know up to scratch, including their skills. Um, yourself, you probably haven't been out uh, racing on the track for, for a month or two. Um, what would be your kind of warm-up procedure? How would you get get from from go to you know woe to go, so to speak, um, when it comes to racing? Yeah, well, it's been a little while now. I've been raced properly for a while, but I used to always notice that um, when I, the first time I'd be back on the track after say over six months off, maybe six or eight months off, I might be five seconds off the pace. Trying as hard as I can, and it's it happened every year pretty much. It just you forget how how long it takes to to get back in the groove again. And I thought, how am I ever going to get down to the old national record kind of times that we were doing? And it was uh, 
it's a slow process. I'd have to do like four or five track days before the start of a, of a proper race meeting, and then you got Friday practice, Saturday practice qualifying, and you just chip away at it more and more. You know, you lean over a little bit further every, every corner, you break it a little bit later, gas up a little bit earlier, until you just start feeling the tyres kind of moving and squirming around, and, and you know, you, you get the feel where it's all at. But it takes a long time, it really does. So um, yeah, for guys getting the bikes out of the garage for the, you know, the first time in six or eight months, you, you have to allow for that. You've got to you know, seriously um, focus and, and just wait for it to come to you. you, you don't, don't, don't rush in. And also the, the motorcycle, obviously tyre pressures go down and it slips in the, when it's stored away. So if you're going out with 10 pounds in the front tyre, it's, it's, it's not a good recipe for staying on. So that's obviously one thing. <laughs> You know, apart from the annoying things like a flat battery that might need replacing because I don't like sitting there <laughs> so long. Uh, chain tension is always, you know, something that can be overlooked, can be ready to break or fly off, and you know, potentially they can lock up the back wheel when they, when they break. So. You, you pull the back of the, the chain on the back of the sprocket, and if, it, if it's coming out of it, you know it's, it's a bit worn. Um, it's got a tight spot. You know, you spin the back wheel, and if it's, if it's chains going up and down, and it's there's a tight spot, you kind of got to adjust it to that that point. But um, you know that the chains on the on the way out. Brakes, you know, the pistons can even seize and they're rusting away in the garage, and you know, you're going to make sure you got brakes. And put a rust on the fork leg sometimes is not not a good thing to go out because the first time you hit the brakes, that little bits of rust can go and rip your fork seals up, and all of a sudden your fork seals are leaking oil, and you've got to spend a few hundred dollars to go and get them. Get it fixed again, a bit of wet and dry sandpaper or something. It's pretty fine drip, <laughs> a good thing. You mentioned yeah. um, it takes a, a couple of track days to get back into the flow before you'd even go for a race. Um, motorcycling, I, I think somebody said once, it's a lot like a... Um, it's a skill that, that degrades over time, right? So you've got to keep you've got to keep doing it and keep your skills up and, and keep practising uh, to... to to keep competitive, but also keep safe on the road. Same thing, right? It is. Yeah, exactly. It's, um, you can't allow really for one mistake on riding a motorcycle, especially at the speeds I used to. Uh, it um, can have catastrophic effects. Just one moment, three laps of reason, is that Pink Floyd song? <laughs> Something like that. But yeah, yeah and I'd have when they had 10 children to come home to. So I would focus so, so hard on staying on that motorbike. But I, I knew it just takes time to get, to get confidence, get up to speed and just giving myself space, giving myself that time to, to let it all come to me rather than trying to force it. You know, if I'm not riding as well as I'd like to be, well, it's just the way it goes until, it, until I, um, I feel like riding as well as I'd like to. <laughs> Um, what's your what do you what do you do as far as gear goes? I mean, obviously, before you go out on that first track day, you're going to be checking your gear, right? You're going to be checking for nicks and scrapes, scrapes and cuts, and making sure your leathers are are in good condition. Uh, would you ever go out with with a damaged leather or um, you know a half a D slider or something like that? Um, not really. Sometimes you might fall off, and you've got to get out the next one, and you kind of do your best to take out what you got, but, but usually you, you, you want the best you can get. Quite often you don't think you need it. 
until you do, but then it's too late. And then you would have been prepared to pay whatever whatever price it would have been to have the best care if you're tongue down the road. But, you know, it's too late if you haven't. So, <clears throat> I tell, you know, children, and they always want to jump on their bike without without gear on because they're so keen to go for a ride. You don't want to ride around the paddocks at home gear. And, um, so hang on, just hop back off. Don't get all your gear on. But when it becomes a habit, you kind of feel um, vulnerable if you haven't got it on. Like if I go on the racetrack, I haven't got my back protector in. It just, I feel so, um, you know, prone to injury if that's something's going to happen. It, it becomes a habit. You've got to um, and have, have the right gear. It doesn't have to be the most expensive. Like there's um, the website, is it MotoCat? It's a quite a good guideline to what gear works and what doesn't. Um, yeah, I noticed, I think I mentioned before, I've, I've now fallen off with leathers. Um, I broke my collarbone once, my leathers didn't have the you know, plastic cups on, just, just leather. It, it kind of grabs a little bit and pulls and I remember going down, I was doing about 180 kilometers an hour at the time, but I just felt from collarbone break because the leather grabbed, and I kind of knew that, but um, something people don't usually consider. Um, uh, let's talk helmets as well, because I mean, helmets, um, a good rule of thumb that I've been told is five years for a helmet. Uh, probably in the, in the racing uh, world, you've got less than five years for a helmet. Uh, or if, if you give it a good knock, you probably want to replace it straight away, right? Yeah, it's hard to see what's going on structurally with the helmet if it's hit the ground. Um, you see the paint has come off and that, but what's happened underneath is there a hairline crack that's going through it. And the next time it hits the ground, it might want to just you know, break open at that point. So it is definitely something to be careful of. I know in America you can't race if your helmet's over five years old and it's got to have the right standard. Um, you know, pass the right safety standards before you can race. So, yeah, yeah, you don't want to get, let them get too old. And then, you know, even the straps can become, uh, you know, brittle and a bit weaker. And, you know, there's all sorts to consider. Brilliant. Andrew Stroud, uh, when is your next outing, by the way? Because I'd love to come out and see that, um, that Britain in, in action. Well, it sounds like I'm riding it at Wanganui on Boxing Day. The Britain this year. Right. Uh, that's the only one I've got planned in so far. So you'll be, you'll be getting into the, uh, the track days in November and December for that? I won't be racing in Britain. I'll just do some parade laps. Uh, I think it's just in the process of being sold, actually. So it's right. But, yeah, I think yeah, I'll, I'll still do some, some track days I'm doing some rider instructor days, I think, with Hampton Downs coming up. Just, um, you know, mainly geared towards road riders that want to increase their confidence a bit and want to, you know, learn how to upskill and control the motorcycle a little bit better. And the racetrack's a great place to do that because, you know, there's, there's no cars coming the other way for a start and there's runoff area and you slide off into a gravel track if you happen to do slide off, which you wouldn't want to, but. Yeah, it's just an opportunity where every corner you can lean over a little bit further each time, just a little bit, and as your tyres heat up, you get a little more grip on the road, they don't really heat up that much. So the potential on the track to, you know, push, explore the limits a little bit more of your motorcycle, 
it's a way better place than ever trying to do it on the road. All about upskilling. More information, head to rideforever.co.nz. Andrew Stroud, legendary road racer. Thank you very much for your time and thanks for being a Motorcycle Awareness Month ambassador. Thank you very much. Enjoy your motorcycling out there. And uh, yeah, it is Motorcycle Awareness Month. So if you're in a car, look twice for motorcycles. And if you're on a motorcycle, just uh, do your best to stay on. Okay, uh, well, I picked up the Harley-Davidson Pan America this morning. I'm now standing in my garage. It's uh, late afternoon, and I have done around about 150 kilometers on that bike today. Um, if you're not completely up to date with the Harley-Davidson Pan America, uh, this is not your grandfather's Harley. This is not your dad's Harley. This is the most up-to-date, most highly technologically advanced Harley Ever. I mean, let's put the let's put the live wire to one side for a minute because that's an electric bike. It's not, you know, conventional internal combustion engine. This Harley Davidson Pan America has the Revolution Max twelve fifty engine. It's a fantastic engine. It doesn't go potato 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 like you would expect a Harley to. This, as I said, this is a different breed of Harley. Harley of have really put their thinking caps on and I wouldn't say gone crazy. They've done a lot of things that other manufacturers are doing. They've done things that people want. They've given you what they've given the people what they want essentially in an adventure touring bike. This is a big bike. It doesn't feel like a big bike though. You get on it, like the Tenere 700, I have to stand on the left hand peg and then swing a leg over i can't swing a leg over from standing the pan america with the standard seat and what i believe is the low position i can just get a leg over it's not too bad it's i'm going to liken it to my old mto7 as far as the position at at stationary i can get both feet down on the ground it's not huge it's not scary it's not uh, opposing it's quite nice actually um i took it over the rimutaka hill um essentially yeah it was quite a funny story actually i picked it up from the dealership in lower hut and when, when i went to pick it up i arrived at the uh, pre-allotted time and did the old contactless pickup thing and it was stone cold flat <laughs> which if you aren't clued up with the bike i can understand why it's got a keyless i want to call it keyless entry you know uh it's got a key fob which you keep in your pocket it's got a little switch to turn the ignition on you push a button and start it you don't put a key in the ignition like you would mm, a lot of other bikes uh and this is kind of a, this is a bmw thing like it's not just a bmw thing but this is very common with the likes of the r1250 gs um so somebody in transit had flicked that switch uh, and the key was obviously near it and so it went flat. Uh, so it got put on charge and I took the dealership's other Pan America out for an hour or so. And when I got back, it was ready to go and they said, hey, look, we've got it started, but we want you to take it over the Rumutuckers or go, go for a decent ride to kind of get some juice in that battery. So that's what I did. I went over the Rimutakas and I really enjoyed it. I really enjoyed the power 
power on tam now there's many different riding modes but essentially i just i put it in sport and that's where i left it for most of the day uh it's got it's got all the stuff you would expect traction control abs all that kind of stuff you put it in off-road mode and i think it turns the abs off to the front wheel but keeps it on the rear uh it's but sport is kind of the unadulterated no restrictions all the power you can possibly muster out of it kind of setting and i thought for the for the rumutakas where there was not actually much traffic uh come around a corner and just open it up that's kind of what i wanted and it did not disappoint this thing hauls it's fantastic it's got uh, a, a brilliant exhaust tone uh, it dips in nicely it it's stable in the corners you can lean it over you've got to get out of your head the typical Harley Davidson cruiser thought this is not I mean, if it didn't have a Harley logo on it, this is so far removed from your Harley Davidson cruises that that it could it might not even be a Harley Davidson. It's a brilliant bike, but then it's still got a bit of that Harley Davidson kind of heritage, that that vibe, that marbo behind it that is that is quintessentially Harley Davidson. The first time I heard it start up, uh, I could I could hear the pistons moving up and down inside the bore. The the um, I still wanted to give it, I still wanted that, that I wanted to call it that Massey Ferguson kind of vibe. You know, Harley Davidson's, they're not tractors, and I don't want to, it's not a negative thing, but I still f could, I got the vibe that it was, you know, a Milwaukee-built American beast of a bike, if that makes any sense whatsoever. So the one I've got is the top of the Monty, the, the, the high-spec one. It's got the electronic suspension. It's got, um, you come to a stop and it squats down a little bit so you can touch the ground. It's brilliant. Uh, it, you can adjust pretty much everything electronically. Um, I thought it had a heated seat, actually, riding around town this afternoon. I don't think it does. It's just when, when you get a bit of heat in the engine and the fan kicks on, it kind of pushes all that heat out kind of under your bum and I could feel it and uh, it wasn't a bad thing uh, I was quite toasty I mean I, I probably need to take the winter liner out of my pants and jacket but um, it's got some um, gorgeous little flourishes and little bits and pieces as well it's got the black bars it's got black uh, levers adjustable levers as well it's got cruise control which I'm really liking really enjoying the cruise control um, it's got, a, it's got a center stand, which I've used. The The kickstand is a funny little thing. Most bikes, um, the kickstand, the lever, is underneath the left-hand peg. Where on the Pan America, the lever for the kickstand is actually further forward. It's directly under the center of the engine, which is probably a foot further forward. And so you actually have to kind of go hunting for it and kind of use your heel, move it further forward than the gear lever and kind of flick that kickstand out. Uh, it'd be easy when if you're kind of, if you were at a standstill, it'd be easy to, to snick it into first gear instead of get that, when you're trying to get that kickstand out. Um, that's annoying and it took me a little bit to get my head around the indicators 
I'm used to flick it left goes left left flick it right indicate right and then push in to cancel and that's what I thought this was but it's actually not it's got self cancelling indicators I'm trying to keep into the habit of cancelling it myself because I know that after a week of riding this I'm going to go back to my bike and I'm going to forget to cancel the indicator so you come into a corner you flick it left and then you flick it left or right and that cancels the indicator um, I didn't initially get a lot of feedback from that but uh, I'm starting to get a bit now I'm starting to get the hang of that I think that was just a, a little thing you know one of those little um, little uh, foibles that you have to kind of get used to on a bike not a bad thing um, what else can I talk about uh, there is so many buttons on the switchgear of this bike. The left hand alone, if we start from the bottom, the horn at the bottom, then the indicators, then you've got four directional buttons with a, with a kind of enter button in the center of that, plus a menu button and a home button on that switchgear. Then on the very top of the switchgear, you've got a button which I don't know what it does. Uh, a bunch of little arrows in a circle. Don't know what that does yet. You've got a heated grips button with about three different heated grip levels plus off um, you've got your cruise control on cruise control off and then a switch for cruise control set increase decrease and then your your headlight switch which is a you pull that for you know high beam flash and then you push it forward and it clicks for full high beams so there's a lot of buttons on the left hand side and then on the right we've got uh, a lot of kind of sound control so once you pair your phone to it you can control your music and stuff through the Harley Davidson um, app so we've got uh, volume up volume down play pause which is one button uh, track back one track forward one we've got voice command we've got a traction control button we've got the ignition switch and starter the hazard light button and a, a, a quick select mode button as well so that's there's a lot of buttons on the switch gear um, so that's uh, I, uh, one of those things you're going to have to get used to um, I mean I'm again I'm coming from the Tenere 700 which has nothing <laughs> nothing at all I mean yeah, there's a couple of uh, trip meters and maybe a um, uh, fuel consumption gauge and that's about it so um, that full color TFT on the Harley Davidson Pan America is really good uh, when you're going through and playing with um, you know rider modes and you've got two customizable rider, rider modes as well it's a very PlayStation-esque and the older generation I could imagine getting very confused and not knowing what they're up to and just finding a setting they like and leaving it on that but that's why I say this is not your granddad's Harley Davidson. It's not your dad's Harley Davidson. This is the most modern bike I think they have ever done. And I really like it. That Revolution Max engine is very responsive. I reckon they could have got a bit more juice out of it. Maybe. I mean, I'm not. It doesn't, it's not lacking anything. But I don't know if it's... I mean, it's a 1250cc engine. Is it 1250cc? Yeah, I think so. Um, compare that to the uh, 690cc Tenere. And I don't know if it's quite got that much more power. I would have expected it a little bit more brutal. But I guess the electrics are kind of keeping that in check. So it just it doesn't feel crazy. Um, I did notice it's got kind of a plastic... Uh, grab handle kind of um, utility tray on the back which interestingly 
has a sticker on it that says load capacity 2.5 kgs which doesn't seem like an awful lot I guess you meant to put the weight on the pillion seat and just use the handles as kind of grab handles or tie down points but um, that's an interesting one um, the again the touches on this bike I mentioned the black bars the, hand, the um, black uh, levers the, the wheels are absolutely beautiful they've got kind of a lip where the spoke comes out so I'm assuming the tyres are tubeless um, they've got Harley Davidson around the edge of them if you uh, wanted to put like the OEM tyres, if you wanted to replace the OEM tyres with the same as, I imagine they'd cost a pretty penny because they have Harley. They're, uh, they're, I can't even tell what they are from their Michelins, but they've got Harley Davidson on the side of the on the wall of the tyre uh, as well. The rear brake lever, it's adjustable. That's a nice touch. Uh, I mean, you can pull it out. You can flip it over and get a little bit more height in there. Um, what else can I talk about about this bike? I really enjoyed the ride over the Rumutaka Hill, that's for sure. It was brilliant. I went over, I stopped at Featherston, I moved the cameras around and I came back. And, uh, yeah. Yeah, it's a great bike. The brakes, the front brake has a really nice bite to it. Not an awful lot of feedback in the rear, but I'm kind of used to that. Um, but the front brake, just touch it, nice and light. And as soon as you touch it, you get that, that, that initial bite of brake, which is, um, it's really good. The screen is adjustable. I've had it in the high setting the whole day. I put it into the low setting, got a lot of wind on my, um, on the peak of my helmet. So I put that back into high, no dramas. Um, yeah, that's about all I've got to say about that. I'm going to ride it for a few more days uh, and make some more content and I'll, I'll find a few more things to talk to you about uh, as we move on through time, I guess. And that about wraps up the episode. Thank you very much for listening. Happy Motorcycle Awareness Month. Of course, uh, if you haven't caught up with that, it is Motorcycle Awareness Month. It's usually September, the first month of spring. Motorcyclists all over New Zealand, they get their bikes out of the garage, they go riding with their mates, and unfortunately, occasionally, things happen, and ACC see a spike in motorcycle-related accidents. So, it's all about upskilling, making sure you're prepared for what's out there, and motorcycling is one of those skills that needs to, you need to do it all the time to keep the skills up and keep them new. Um, jump on rideforever.co.nz, do book yourself in for a Ride Forever course. Can't recommend that highly enough. You don't know what you don't know. Best case scenario, you, uh, you learn something. Worst case scenario, you're going for a ride with some like-minded individuals for a day uh, so get in there get into a ride forever course and um, hopefully live to ride another day uh, this is Kiwi Rider Podcast we'll be back next week we'll be catching up with another speed demon as far as motorcycling goes Avalon Biddle talking about how she keeps her skills sharp um, and possibly a Harley Davidson Pan America proper review all that and more coming up next week this is Kiwi Rider Podcast if you want to get hold of me podcast at kiwirider.co.nz is the email address we're on social media Facebook Instagram and TikTok as well thank you very much love to have your feedback hit that like button hit that subscribe button leave a comment share it with a riding buddy of yours all that jazz keep the rubber side down the throttle on and we'll catch you in seven days time Bye.